You're listening to Be You with Jackie Moore. Hi, friends. Welcome to the podcast and welcome to the alternate reality that is 2020. I saw, um, well, I wrote this out before I saw this, so I was kind of bummed that I wasn't the first person to come up with it, but um, you know how all of those Y2K people thought the world was going to fall apart? Well, it turns out they were just 20 years too soon. Like they just should have, they missed the two, you know, when they were seeing the prophecy. Um, so I guess that's a lesson in patience, you know, whenever you're you're trying to be a prophet and you're sitting with that information, don't jump the gun on your prophecy. You got to sit with it. You got to make sure you've got all of the information. But seriously, um, I know this time is so weird and I know this time has affected everyone differently. Um, and many people it's affected in negative ways with like job loss or maybe you haven't lost your job, but you're working from home now. Or maybe if you're a college student or a high school student, you are Um, back home or you've been home a lot more than you're normally home and that's caused tension and strife. Um, And I just want to say that I'm sorry that this is the way that it is. Um, I know it's not my fault, but I still feel sorrow and feel heavy for you um, because I know it's been hard for us too. It was definitely weird for us to move across the country to be quarantined. Like we were here for a month and then we've been quarantined in our home. And so, you know, we'll have conversations with people like, how is the food? How is Charlotte? We're like, we don't know. We're not sure. We've been eating at Chick-fil-A and tacos for life. So it's kind of like we never, we never moved. Um, but we have been learning how to cook. We basically have been forced to learn how to cook because uh, Chewy's is like in South Charlotte and we're in North Charlotte. I've also continued to bake and we have become avid watchers of The Voice while we wait on sports to recommence so we can all kind of pray together that sports will happen again this year and we won't have to wait beyond this year for it. Um, I've also been trying to figure out what it would look like for me to devote more time to to putting out content besides just the podcast to help people with their walks with Jesus, um, which has been really fun and really um, something that I feel like has been a really sweet gift from the Lord. But it also kind of made me forget about the podcast for a hot minute because I was getting all these like ideas and I had time to work on all these ideas. And it's like, oh yeah, I started a series two months ago, and I still have two episodes to go. So here we are. Welcome to part three in the process of obedience, where we are going to talk about how to be obedient as you an individual. So if you haven't listened to the previous two, or maybe it's been a long time, in previous two, I kind of talked about one, why obedience is important in part one, and then in part two, things that we are collectively directed to do as believers. So doesn't really matter what your vocation is, doesn't matter what your specific calling on your life is. There are certain things that God has called all of us to do. So that's what the first two episodes were about. 
then this episode is where we're going to talk about the individual stuff. Um, I It's honestly a little nerve-wracking to talk about this because I, it's not a formula. There's not necessarily a formula I wish there was, um, but what I'm going to talk about and going to share with you all um, is the process that Brandon and I have used to be close to the Lord in our individual obedience and decision-making. And so I'm not necessarily saying this is like foolproof, but um, I think, you know, the end result here, my goal is not to necessarily have everyone listen to this podcast and then say, oh my gosh, I could make my decision so quickly now, but it's that you listen to this podcast and you are involving the Lord and Jesus and the Holy Spirit into your decision making, um, maybe more or in a way, a way that's better that draws you closer to them instead of like keeping them at a distance. So let's say that you feel God is telling you to do something like semi-major, like maybe it's a job change um, or a move, or you're gonna you're wanting to start something new, or maybe get married, maybe get out of a relationship, whatever it is. It could be anything. The first question that I always ask is, is this biblical? So that should be the first thing that you ask, is this biblical? And I've heard a lot of pastors, like this is not anything necessarily new or crazy. If you've gone to church, you've probably heard pastors talk about this whenever they've maybe talked about discerning the will of God for your life, things like that. Um, But if what you feel like the Lord is telling you to do is directly opposed to what the Bible says, that's a red flag, right? You probably shouldn't do that. Um, Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse one, that was verse 105. Verse 117 says, Uphold me that I may be safe, that I may have regard for your statutes continually. Verse 133 says, Establish my footsteps in your word. I mean, I could go on and on. Psalm 119 is just peppered with why we need to know the Bible so that we can then live according to what the Bible says. Um, but if you're a Christ follower and you are considering doing something, you have to find out and figure out if it's opposed to it. So let's just take a job. For example, this is going to be a little bit dramatic and extreme, but I just need an example. So let's say that um, you are a teacher or you have a job, any kind of job. You could always want a side job. I guess it doesn't matter what. (laughs) I'm just thinking teachers because they have a little more free time in the summer. But say you want to start a side job. Um, So you're running through options and you wake up and you feel like, okay, I know what my side job is going to be. I've done some research. I think I want to sell drugs to children. Well, the Bible says in Matthew 18, 6, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be far better for him to have a great milestone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So you probably want to rethink selling drugs to children, right? Because that would directly oppose what the word of God says. So there can be, um, they don't all have to be obviously that dramatic, but it's important to know, is what I'm doing biblical? Because that could save you a lot of time and energy if 
you know, you're thinking and wondering if you should do something and then you realize, no, like the Bible says no. Second thing that you want to do during this process of trying to figure out if I should be obedient in this particular way is have you spent time praying in humility? Okay, so we see Jesus constantly going off to pray. We see him also praying publicly, right? Jesus is constantly praying to the Father whenever he is on earth. And so it's important to know the difference. I feel like I'm saying so a lot, but that's okay. Not in practice. It's important to know the difference in praying and telling people you're praying, but you're really just getting alone with God and then telling him your plans and asking him to like co-sign for you. That's not the same. It's not the same at all. Like you have to go to God in humility, ask God, you can tell him what you desire. Like it's not wrong. You shouldn't try to manipulate and reverse psychology God. I've done that and it doesn't usually go well. Um, But go to God, tell him your desires, tell him maybe what you want obedience to look like, but that should always be followed up with, Lord, what should I do? You tell me, you direct my paths, not my will, but yours. And we see Jesus emulate this whenever he is in the garden before he's about to be crucified. He's, he's pouring his heart out to the Lord. He, he feels like he knows what obedience should look like for him. And he's not there telling God, man, I just, I really don't want to do this. He doesn't get up from that and walk to his disciples and say, hey, I've prayed about it. And I'm actually not going to go to the cross. I know I said I was, but I'm not going to. Right? That, that's what I'm saying about the difference in actually praying in humility and telling God what you're going to do. No, Jesus says, this is really tough. I'm paraphrasing, but this is really tough. If there's any other way that you can accomplish your will, like do that, please. But if not, not my will, but your will. And so Jesus is praying in humility. So first of all, is it biblical? Second of all, have you spent time praying in humility about the decision? Third thing, have you sought godly counsel? So are you making this decision, whatever the decision is, whatever this call you feel like God has placed on your life, however he's told you to be obedient, are you making this decision on your own or are you inviting other people in, people older than you, maybe not that much older, but wiser than you, maybe they're further along in their walk with the Lord, um, Are you involving other people in the process and actually allowing them to speak into the decision? So kind of the same with praying, you know, going to two or three different people and just telling them what you're going to do doesn't mean you're seeking godly counsel. Like you want to, again, go with humility to find out and listen. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. So you want to go with a listening posture whenever you talk to someone. And let's also maybe talk about what qualifies someone as godly counsel or wise counsel. Uh, Just because someone says they are a Christian 
or goes to your church or even goes to your small group. Like that doesn't mean necessarily that they are going to give you wise counsel. Kind of a, a litmus test for me if I'm gonna when I seek out people for counsel, some things I ask are have I seen this person start to conform to the image of Christ? Like have I seen good change in this person? Have I seen this person make wise decisions? And I feel like this was the most important Personally, have I seen God answer this person's prayers? Because if I've seen God answer this person's prayers, well, then that means that they're living in a repented state um, and they're going to God and talking to him about things and he's answering them. And so that's a person that I want to ask advice from. I don't want to ask advice from someone who's maybe really smart and seems really wise, but they aren't ever talking to the Lord or they themselves, maybe the advice they give sounds good, but they, I look at their life and I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I agree with that decision. You know, there's a pattern of like not great decisions. So have you sought godly counsel? Um, the fourth way, I guess I should have said this at the beginning. Again, I'm out of practice. There are five things that we do that we ask questions about. The fourth question is can I see God's hand in preparing me for this? So can I see God's activity in this? Can I look at maybe my past or look at where I'm at currently and say, oh, yeah, okay, so that's why I went through this because God's calling me to be obedient in this way. Um, It is consistent with God's character to plan. So from the very beginning, In the first chapters of Genesis, you can see God's hand working to redeem his people, right? Whenever he says, as soon as like they sin and he brings them out of the garden, them being Adam and Eve, he brings them out of the garden. He tells them this plan and it involves a plan for salvation for them and it involves Jesus. So he has a plan. Philippians 1.6 says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, I know this verse is primarily talking about sanctification, but I still think it is true like throughout our life because sanctification is a lifelong process. So like what God's doing in you, he's going to be working towards like the next step. He's constantly preparing you for something. So I know this might sound cliche, but you do kind of have to like trust the process. Um, You can't be mad if you tell someone you want to be a CEO and they tell you, well, you just started. You're in an entry-level job. Like the reality is God typically... Maybe we don't know it. Maybe we're not sure. This doesn't mean like you have to, you shouldn't move without faith. You should move in faith. But um, can you somehow see, yeah, okay, this makes sense. I see what God has been doing here. And then the last thing that I would say, number five, is Do you have scripture confirmation or when you've been spending time in God's word, do you have a scripture that you feel like when you were reading it, the Holy Spirit just like 
made really it amplified in your mind and it just was like stirring in your heart that this is the scripture like this scripture is telling me what I need to know um, and specifically here I want to kind of talk about um, the whole like yes on the table idea because um, I've heard this a lot and I think that it is really well-meaning and I think a lot of times it can be good to put your yes um, on the table. Obviously, you want to put your yes on the table for the Lord. Like you want to be obedient. Um, But if our sole decision-making process is my yes is on the table, so anything that someone offers that's consistent with what I want, I'm gonna go through that door. That, I don't know. I just don't think that we see that necessarily being a thing that we should do. I think we can be in danger sometimes of walking through a door that we weren't necessarily meant to if that's the only thing that we do. And and here's my backing for that. Um, in Acts 12, Peter is put in jail because Herod killed James, who was John's brother, and Herod saw that this made like the Jews happy. So he was like, well, you know, he was a, no offense if you're a politician and listening to this, but he's a politician and he thought that made people happy. I'm going to kill more disciples. So he arrested Peter and he put Peter in jail. But that night the prison doors opened and an angel of the Lord led Peter out of prison. So God opened a door. Peter's yes to being rescued was on the table. Peter's yes to, I'm going to be obedient to what God calls me to do. I'm going to be obedient to walk through the doors that God calls me to walk through was on the table and the angel led him through the door for the glory of God. In Acts 16, Paul cast out a demon from a girl who was being used as a fortune teller by her owners. And so once Paul cast the demon out of her, she wasn't a fortune teller like anymore. And then her owners couldn't make money off of her anymore. So they were not happy. They were kind of ticked about this. And they got Paul thrown in jail after they beat him up. That night, there was an earthquake. And all the prisoners' chains fell off inside the jail, um, including Paul's. And the doors were open. So Paul walked out, right? Wrong. He stayed even though there was an open door because his yes was on the table to be obedient to God. His yes isn't on the table to an open door. His yes is on the table to the Lord. And he didn't walk through for the glory of God because that night the prison guard got saved. Peter ended up, or sorry, Paul ended up getting released from jail the next day. So I feel like I could go on and on about this, but my point is that I don't think we should assume that every open door that is presented to you is one that you should walk through. Um, You have to know that God is in it. And that's why I think, you know, that all of these steps are important. And a lot of times this process um, is make, it takes a little bit longer than we maybe would like for it to take or we intend for it to take. Um, But I really think it's important to know that scripture, you have a scripture that you can go back to to say, yeah, Jesus 
Jesus showed me, the Holy Spirit showed me in this way that he is in this and that I'm being obedient to not myself, but to God to walk through this. Um, And Brandon and I are going to talk about actually a specific example from our lives next week in the final episode of this podcast. So, sorry, not this podcast, just the process of obedience. I will do more podcasts. So those are my five steps. Um, I've also created a document that you can view on my website like I did with the other ones that has these five steps listed out. Um, So if you want them to just kind of remember and think through the next time that you have an individual decision to make as far as am I supposed to be obedient in this way, you just need to click resources and then choose the process of obedience part three and the document should be titled directives for the individual. Now, obviously, you may not have time to run through all of those and every single decision that you make, but I am trusting the Holy Spirit will bring these to mind when it will be necessary for you in your own life. So that way you can confidently be obedient and be who you were truly created to be.